welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your coach, Mac Atram. And you are in for a treat today. I have Shay Wheat all the way from California joining in with us. And just now we were talking uh, and our fiance is from Manchester, England. And as you know, I am here in London, United Kingdom. Welcome, Shay. Welcome to the Business Success Show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here with everybody. Likewise, likewise. I'm really looking forward to our conversation here. And for those who don't know Shay, she's a certified event producer and the creator of popular programs such as the Powerful Event Process, the Ultimate Event Planner Certification Program, and CEO of Grace and Ease Production Productions. Now. She, does, she deals with all things events, whether you're doing a virtual event, a live event, if you're confused about what is a hybrid event, should I be doing this type of event that time? I don't know if I should be events at all. Does it work for me? So we're going to be talking all things that. Now, her team has worked with the productions with legendary people like Dr. Oz, Lisa Nichols, and many, many more. And our clients have generated more than $21 million. One of them actually generated more than one, two, oh, $2.1 million in one virtual live three-day event. We want to know how they do that. And our clients have generated over $24 million in revenue, gaining over 3,500 new clients and changing the lives, and we like this, changing and impacting the lives of more than 16,000 attendees. Mm -hmm. So welcome, 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 Shay, again. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? What happened? What was the situation? And what led you to doing what you're doing now? Yeah, super great question. Um, if I think about it, I think I've always kind of had a bit of the entrepreneurial bug so my dad, my stepdad, my mom, they all were entrepreneurs and some are still entrepreneurs, right? Still have their own businesses. But growing up, I wasn't like, yeah, let me be an entrepreneur. I was like, let's be a doctor. Well, okay. let's, let's roll back. Actually, I wanted to be a vet. <laughs> and first though, and I was like, oh, wait, I can't tell people I have to put their animal down. Let's do a doctor. I can tell people, you know, something's going wrong with them because you can have that communication, right? And it wasn't until I was sitting there in my organic chemistry class going, fudge, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing for a living. This is not it. And so I was, you know, first woman in my family to be at a four-year university and going to college and doing all of these things. And so I still ended up completing my degree. Okay. Um, and at the same time, I was in a network marketing company. So I was like half entrepreneur, right? Okay. Um, 
doing that for a little bit, kind of got the bug, started being in leadership, starting going to events, starting to support people and, you know, working on myself and doing a lot of personal development. And from there, you know, I kind of fell into the world of events. I was actually speaking and messing around with the the guy who was in front of me who had my mic because it was like a multi-speaker event. And I'm like, hey, dude, don't go spitting on my mic. That was my dog. She just knocked something over in the background because we're all at home, right? (laughs) We're all working from home, which is the beauty of virtual live events. Yeah. So messing around with the guy in front of me, he ended up like going, you're funny. Who the heck are you? And turns out he was the head of education for Dr. Oz's nonprofit. Oh, wow. And Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. I met Dr. Oz's sister at um, a women's conference that I was a part of. And he's like, wait, hold on. She's best friends with our CEO. And we're doing a women's conference. You should help us. There you go. Hey. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. And that's kind of how I got started in the world of events. Wow. Synchronicity, being in the right place, right time, and ready to take the opportunity and run with it. Good for you. Good for you. Now, let me ask you something. How many years now you've been involved in the world of events and producing events and putting them together? How many years has that been? Um, I started in 2014. Okay. Okay. All right. So you was there before (laughs) the events of the world happened. (laughs) You were in it and now you are also seeing it from the other side. So tell us something. Some people who've been running events, uh, who are doing live events constantly, like Mm -hmm. my company, we're doing live events constantly. Um, The pandemic happened. And what happened to a lot of the organizations that you're aware of? What, what happened, you know, did people shut shop and say, I'm never doing this again or run away? Did people uh, pivot and say, okay, let's take it all virtual? Uh, or did some say, we'll just wait until everything opens up and then we'll start again? What was the general consensus that you saw? Yeah, so it was actually very interesting. So here in the United States, we went into official lockdown on uh, March 13th, which Friday the 13th. And on that Monday, I had an event planned for 600 women to show up in uh, San, what was it? Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. So it's kind of middle of California. And so we had to pivot very fast. We had to figure out what in the world are we going to do to support these 600 women that were going to be showing up. And so thankfully, um, that event host had already been doing things online, had already been doing some webinars, was already really familiar. We've we've been using Zoom for all of our meetings. So we already understood the platform to utilize. It was just then changing how we would do the live event and craft it virtually. And that's what we ended up doing and transitioning into because business couldn't stop. People's pain wasn't going away. And if anything, their pain was increasing because of the pandemic. And so all of my event hosts, all of my thought leaders, they were like, we need to stand up now more than ever and still reach the masses. 
And so that's what we did is we ended up converting all of our live events to virtual live events. They were still live. The platform just changed. Right, right, right. The platform changed, content's the same, Mm -hmm. and they were still live and you can interact. Um, Okay, let me ask you a question. And for those listening in, make sure you take notes on this, listen to what Shay is saying. Because the question I'm about to ask, if you've never done an event before, live or virtual, you need to listen to this. If you've done live events or virtual, you know what I'm talking about. Why do... Why do listeners, if they're in business, why is it important for them to host events, virtual or live? Why is it so important to utilize that to gain new clients? Yeah, that you're right. It is a fantastic question to be asking because events really are the fastest way for people to know, like, and trust you. Now, why is that? Is because in events, we end up um, getting into an emotional state. And they have a highly experiential bond with you. So it's a little bit different than just like on the phone. They actually can see you. They can experience you. We're putting them into um, exercises. It's not just a talking head. Mm -hmm. It is dramatically different because we make it so experiential. And when it is so experiential, you end up having dramatic results out of it, just like you would when you were live in person. Right. Also, the thing about events is the businesses that are doing events are the ones that are making multiple six and seven figures in their business. Mm. Okay, It's not as hard as you might think when it's done right. Okay, for example, let me let me give you an example of one of my clients. Um, She made eight hundred and eighty two thousand dollars at her very first two day live event. Nearly a million dollars. And now she's off and running and she's playing in the big leagues. Okay. I have another client of mine that um, ended up doing some events. um, And what it did for her is it really opened up bigger speaking gigs and bigger stages. Mm -hmm. It ended up opening up higher level podcasts for her to jump on because not only did her peers see her as a different person and more of an expert, so did her audience. Okay. And so it just gives you a bigger platform to really reach the masses and do the work that you're meant to do. The whole reason you started your business in the first place of wanting to help and support people. That's the power of events. Powerful. Absolutely powerful. And I agree with everything you've said there. Very, very powerful. As someone who's been running events and been involved in events for over, over 17 years, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. So for those who are sitting there listening in or watching and they're thinking, oh, it sounds good, but what type of events should I be doing right now mm-hmm. in this climate? Yeah. So there's actually a good 17 different types of events that you can be doing in your business. Now, based on the level of business that you're in, you should be doing a certain type of event. Now, the events I'm talking about are, they can be a 90-minute workshop, they can be summits, they can be retreats, masterminds, one-day sales and enrollment, three-day sales and enrollment events, seminars, podcasts, meetups, Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, Clubhouse Rooms. Like, There's just a number of different types of events that you can be utilizing, and we use different events for different reasons. 
So if you're looking to, you know, just grow your list, you're going to want to take a look at hosting a summit or hosting a masterclass. If you're wanting to enroll people into your six month or year long program, you're going to want to take a look at hosting a one day sales and enrollment event or a three day sales and enrollment event. So depending on what your objective is, you're going to utilize a different type of event to support um, accomplishing that goal. Okay. I didn't know. (laughs) 17 different ones. As you started reeling them off. Oh yeah, of course. The Facebook Live, Instagram Live Club. It all adds up, right? Masterclasses, Mm -hmm. yeah, it all adds up. So Mm -hmm. um, do you have any steps uh, for people to follow to, uh, how can I say, gain new clients through that type of, those type of events? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are somebody that's looking to just increase your visibility, you're going to be utilizing like the free platforms. Okay. You're in phase two of your business. You're going to be, you know, ramping up what it is that you're doing in your business. So Facebook lives, clubhouse rooms, Instagrams, you're going to be guesting on other people's stages. Okay. So you're going to be a guest on somebody else's webinar, somebody else's podcast, somebody else's summit. You're going to take a look at being a sponsor at events, meaning you are a speaker sponsor. You're paying to play Mm -hmm. and going into somebody else's room, somebody else's stage that has your ideal niche and avatar. And then you're speaking to their audience and offering a free gift. Um, Depending on the stage, you might be offering a paid um, program of some sort. But those are ways to gain visibility. If you have nobody on your list, if you don't have a big reach yet, you need to be getting visible. Now, once you're visible, you're going to move into phase three, which is your grow phase. Mm -hmm. And in the grow phase is where you're going to be creating your own stages. You're going to be hosting your own master classes. You're going to be doing your own webinars. You're going to be doing your own summits. And you're going to obtain larger speaker sponsorships. In the goal of, you know, gaining more leads, booking more strategy sessions, having more conversations, making more offers to the point where you're making a consistent $10,000 a month consistently. Okay. Yeah. And then you move into phase four and phase five of the businesses and you'll you'll adjust what events that you're doing in those phases as well wow you, you're very knowledgeable in all of this fantastic and and there are phases that people need to learn and know and that's what makes you the expert i presume mm-hmm. um, so i've decided to do an event mm-hmm. now how do i get people in the room as we say in the uk how do i get bums on seats how do i get <laughs> live flesh in the event <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So we call it butts in seats, bums in seats, the the same thing, right? Um, Souls in seats. Absolutely. So what we do is we end up creating what I call a ticket map. Okay. Okay. And a ticket map is all the ways that we plan on filling the room. So if your audience were to like grab a piece of paper Uh um, and you're going to make a couple of different columns. Okay. The first column is going to be the opportunity or the ticket source. This is all the ways that you're going to be engaging with audiences. So this could be 
your email list to a webinar. It could be sponsorships. It could be referrals. It could be going back to your clients that you've done lower level product sales to. Um, it could be speaking gigs. It could be joint venture partner calls, past clients, strategic networking, like all the different ways, you know, your Facebook lives and your clubhouse rooms and your master classes, all the ways that you will engage with an audience. Right. Okay. The second column is going to be the anticipated number of prospects. Okay. This essentially means how many people are going to be in the room when you do that webinar or when you do that Facebook live or when you do that clubhouse room or you go to that sponsorship. Okay. How many people you anticipate, right? Because we're kind of budgeting and figuring out what our numbers need to look like. Right. The third column is going to be the anticipated conversion. Now, this is a percentage of people that are in the room. And when you make your offer to have a, a ticket to your event, how many of them are going to say yes? Mm -hmm. Now, if you looked at like a webinar, on average, probably 10% of people will say yes, versus um, if you had past product sales, you know, they've already know, like, and trust you. They've already said yes to you. You're going to have a higher percentage, probably 30%. Yeah. Versus a speaking gig, you'll probably have about 20, 10 to 20%. Um, I've actually seen up to 30% conversion rate on speaking gigs. So we'll just say like 20% on average um, past clients. They know you, higher percentage, 20%, so on and so forth. Okay. And then that gives us the fourth column, which is the projected ticket sales. Mm -hmm. So a webinar that has 30 people in it. 10% conversion is going to give us three ticket sales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so you do all of that to make your last column be your total projected sales tickets. And you just essentially add everything up. So we create this ticket map with our clients in order to look at what is it we need to do if our goal is to have 50 people in the room. Mm. Where do we need to go? How many webinars do we need to do? How many masterclasses? How many speaking engagements do we need to accomplish to fill that goal with 50 people? Right. Now, even though our goal is 50 people, we actually are going to oversell our goal. Yes, Why yes. is that? Because you know, some people want to show. They're not, not everybody's showing up. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So we oversell and, you know, you can also include something called like a bring a friend. So everybody who purchases a ticket, hmm. give them an opportunity to bring a friend for a discounted rate or for a free ticket. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's also going to help us because people who are like people know people like themselves. Absolutely. Right. So most likely they know somebody. So that's what we're going to do. If our goal is 50, we're going to be selling, you know, 66 or 70 tickets in hopes that 50 people will actually show up to our event. And that's what we do to create the bums and seats is a ticket map. A ticket map. Right. See, expertise right there. A lot of people don't know these phraseologies and these things that must happen for you to have a successful event. So. Mm -hmm. Someone's sitting there thinking, okay, Shay, you're making sense. California ladies making sense. <laughs> I know. Amazing, now, right? <laughs> yeah, she, she has sold me and I want to do an event. Now, should I be going virtual, mm. live, 
or hybrid right now? What would be best for me to choose? Yep, yep. So now I have questions back to your event host. Uh Um, Where are you at in your business? Is your audience um, mainly very centrally located that they can easily drive to you or easily fly to you? Are they people, are you doing work that requires more hands-on support? Like if you are doing healing um, and they actually need to come in in order to use a machine that you're utilizing, right? That would lead to more of an in-person event versus somebody that doesn't require that. Then they could take a look at virtual. Um, If you are like, oh, I could be either or, then you want to take a look at your budget. So when you are doing an in-person event, you are going to have to take a look at finding a venue, which we help our clients source and find and do room blocks and, you know, do all the negotiations because venues right now, they're crazy to deal with. Their contracts are insane. And we actually have to add in additional clauses to safeguard our event hosts because, really the hotel contracts and the venue contracts are all safeguarding the hotel. We want to make sure we're adding additional things for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Noise clauses and things like that. Um, Attrition clauses, especially because if, if you have people that are like, Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show up now. You want to make sure you're not in attrition and having to owe money back to the hotel. So those are things that we put into place, but you have to think about that. You have to think about the food and beverage, the venue, the location, um, how much it's going to cost for people to stay the night, um, all of those pieces versus a virtual event. You don't have those expenses, but you do have to also take a look at what is the experience because the experience in person you have the networking after the the meeting, the meeting after the meeting, essentially, right? You don't necessarily have that in a virtual space, but how do you create such a high level of engagement? What platform are you utilizing? I love Zoom. Zoom allows us to do breakout rooms. It allows us chat. We end up creating what's called a dashboard for our clients. And that is kind of like the website hub where it has the Zoom room. It has all the downloadables. It has like all of the emoji sticks, you know, that people can download. It's got the workbook. It's got, uh, you know, if you wanted to put the playlist on there, anything you wanted to give to your attendees all goes on the dashboard, all goes on that hub. Okay. So Between the two, virtual live event is going to be more cost effective, well, to a level. If you're creating a studio, if you're creating all of these pieces, then you're going to have a lot more AV um, versus, you know, a live event. You're still going to need the AV. You're essentially creating a studio in in a live event. And then that third option you talked about was hybrid. Mm -hmm. Hybrid is a beast all on its own. Okay. It is essentially two events. You are combining virtual and live together. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that we had um, essentially hybrid pre-pandemic was more live stream. That's right. Can't go live stream anymore. No. Right? Because people are are used to the experience. And so you have to bring in virtual live events with a live event 
put them together. And if you do it right, you have two teams. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of engagement. You have to think through two run of shows because in a, in an in-person event, you have 30 minute breaks mm-hmm. in a virtual live event. You have 10 or 15 minute breaks, right? right? Cause their restroom is like right there down the hall <laughs> versus in person. You've got to like go up to your room or you've got to go, you know, use the stalls that are in the hotel and right. ladies like, you know, there's only like two stalls and there's like 400 women to the two stalls, right? Yeah. So you need more time, but then you have to think through, well, what is happening to the virtual audience during that longer break? Well, you have to have an MC that's engaging with them and doing things with them so that they don't drop off, of right? Course, of course, yeah. So there's a lot more to think through on a hybrid event. Mm-hmm. Um, my recommendation, if if you're newer to the space, do one or the other. Do live in person or virtual live. Fantastic. Listen, as you're talking there, I thought, wait, so much, you're speaking so much sense and so much, um, you know, it shows your expertise. Now, I notice, you know, you have in your job title, certified event producer. Mm-hmm. What is a certified event producer rather than a host who says, well, I'm going to figure it out and try and do it. What's the difference between the two? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So an event host is, is the talent. They're the one on stage. They're the one shining. They're the one that is engaging with the audience. Um, you know your people, you know the pain that they're in, you know how to support them, you know how to walk them through, you know how to engage them, and you know the next best steps for them, okay? That is your genius zone. That is your business. That is what you do all day, every day. What you don't do all day, every day is talk to hotels, talk about food and beverage, look at AV, putting people into breakout session rooms, making sure that team is ready to drop links, making sure that team has got the VIP room set up, making sure that the next speaker is ready to go, making sure that you're on time, reminding you what you're supposed to be doing next. Because if you're like any of my other event hosts, you tend to have what's known as like divine downloads. And you're like, you know what? The audience right now needs this piece of information. I know we are scheduled to do this information, but they really need this information. We need to switch things around. And if you're in that that creative mode, um, you can't be thinking logistics. So that's why our clients end up um, hiring us to be certified event producers for them to handle all the logistics, to lead their team, to support them in the over a hundred plus hours of pre-planning work that needs to happen to make it so that you can show up and just do what you do best and shine on stage during the event. That's why you bring us on is so you stay in your genius zone and we handle the rest of the details. Fantastic. So now people know that there are people who can put it all together for you. You as an expert, as a coach, as a consultant, as a trainer, as a speaker, do your magic, do engage with the audience, and someone takes care of all the logistics and everything else going in the background so you can be present. Amazing shake. Show. So um, someone's thinking now, yes, okay, I want to do an event. There's certified event producers that can help me. Okay, uh, Shay's told me how to v- fill up the room. I can do this, this, and this. Now, 
how am I going to make money from my events? And so that I keep doing this and I can then also grow my business and pay the bills. What is the answer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're going to want to take a look at either a one day sales and enrollment event or a three day event. Okay. The purpose and intention of these events is to support your audience and taking a look at what is their next best step and then presenting them an invitation or an opportunity to move forward with you and in your coaching and in your programs. So what we do is we end up crafting a, a run a show or your agenda that ends up creating this arc, mm -hmm. ends up creating this relationship with you and really supports them in giving them not only a 30,000 foot view of what their next step is, um, but also gives them an opportunity to go, you know what? I really don't want to try and figure all of that out on my own. I would rather invest in you, in the systems and the processes and all of the things that you've already gone through to make it so like all of your other clients have been successes at. So I'd rather invest in you to save me time, money, energy, and angst. <laughs> and we know that a percentage of people will say yes, mm -hmm. right? So we're not expecting everybody to say yes. We know that some people are like, you know what? I'm good with the information. I am leaving with exactly what you said I would leave with because we always have an event promise. Right. Whether they do business with you or not, they will leave the event having accomplished something. Excellent. Okay. They leave with value Excellent. because everybody's time is super valuable. Mm -hmm. And we know that if we invest in people that whether they do business with us now, maybe they'll do business with us later, or maybe they'll send somebody our way. Right. But we still invest in them. Yeah. And then from there, we know a percentage will say, yes, move into your six month or year long program. It, it's kind of like a, just a, a larger version of a sales conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of one-on-one, -on -one, you're now leveraging and scaling your business to one to many. Yes, and that's yes. how we utilize these one day or these three day events in growing your business. So that's how my clients end up making six and seven figures in three days. And they fill their year-long program in three days. Fantastic. Very good. Listen, Shay, for those who want to know more about what you do or they want to connect with you or contact you, what is the best or they want to learn more? What's the best way? What have you got? Um, where can you send them? Yeah, absolutely. So if they want to take a look at us on the web, it is graceandeaseproductions.com. We are also on all of the social media channels, either under Shea Wheat or Grace and Ease Productions. And then we spoke a little bit about the phases of event leverage. Uh -huh. If you're interested in learning where you're at in your business, what phase of business that you're in, what events you should be utilizing right now in your business, I actually have a gift for all of your audience. If they want to head over to fivephases.info, and that's spelling out the word five, fivephases.info forward slash biz dash success. They can go ahead and pick up the five phases, a free downloadable, and then that will tell you exactly where you're at and how do you move through the phases to get to next levels. Awesome. All right. We will share that as well. That's five 
phases.info forward slash biz dash success. All right. You got it. As well. Awesome. Listen, for those who are listening in to, uh, or watching, make sure you follow, you subscribe, you like, you know, give some comments here so Shay can see what you got out of this. Uh, make some noise. Let's see the engagement. Uh, what was one key thing you learned from Shay? What does events mean to you? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use events to grow your business now? The world has changed. She's given us three models. You've got the live, in-person, you've got the hybrid, and you've also got the virtual. Who's your ideal client? How do they want to consume this information? Do they want an experience in-person? Or is that something they can do at home because maybe they've got young kids or they're busy, they can't get to an event? Can you still service them? So there is no excuse now. So make sure you like and you follow also subscribe and share this stuff so other people can hear from our expert shay wheat in the house the certified event producer so shay on that note i want to say thank you thank you thank you any final words you want to add or say before we finish today yeah absolutely um if you end up posting any questions that you might have on all of these social media just tag me and i'd be happy to answer your questions in any of max threads here superb shay thank you very much you have a great day uh there in <laughs> california and until we uh catch touch base again keep doing what you're doing this awesome work thank you thank you all for watching thank you all for listening and make sure you share this with your associates, your friends, and everyone else. Thank you.